Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. This is Weekend Gardening. And yep, I'm your garden mama. My name is Nellie Neal, and it is my great pleasure and a tremendous privilege to be here with you to talk about your plants, to talk about the green world. Frankly, to talk about whatever's on our green minds today could be what you'd like to grow, could be what you wish you could get rid of. We do a lot of that around this part of the world. Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. Seeing what all has blown in, seeing what has sprouted, um, seeing what you're doing intentionally, and seeing what has happened, even if you didn't intend for it to. My goodness. I always appreciate it when the phone lines and the text line heats up before me. That's a lot of fun. Guess what? Here are the numbers. The Super Talk call line is 888-808-8637. And the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Both are available to you for the next couple of hours if you'd like to be with me and talk to me. I do appreciate that. Nice dumb cane. Um, I can see that Mike's is ahead of mine. I have one that is trying to come back. That It wanted to die, and I wouldn't let it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> dumb cane is one of those plants that I have been in love with most of my life. It is a thick caned plant that is green-stemmed and yet can be as big as a tree even in your house, because it's a tropical foliage plant that has the capacity to be the size of a tree. However, there also are plenty of them that have about a three-foot, two-foot maximum. And then the next thing that we, we understand about them, of course, is that they will be propagatable in many different ways. I like the patterned leaves. You'll see um, dumb cane or Diefenbachia, as it is more technically known. You'll see them um, with all kinds of names that generally refer either to the person who bred the plant or the way the leaf looks. Um, there are some. There are a lot of things with the name snow in them because the the dumb canes have such lovely white patterning on really big green leaves. So if you haven't explored those, by all means, give yourself a chance to see some. Um, that's a, it's a, I have, I got one looks just like that, Mike. It's a little bit blown over. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> we'll get there in just a minute. Let's see. Um, oh, well, this is good news. Bill in Poplarville says that usually he's got too much scale on his citrus, but this year not. Is this a, is this a good year? To, did it have something to do with planting chrysanthemums next to the plants? You know, that whole notion of either, if, if you could see that there were scales on the chrysanthemums, we would call it a trap crop, because that would mean that the insects went to that in preference to the plant you were trying to keep them away from. That does work for a lot of things. But it's also true that there are times when a one plant doesn't smell right to the bug or to the whatever kind of pest it is, and so you plant that around your preferable plant, and it, it does ward them off a little bit. Mums are pretty stinky, so that might have had something to do with it. I think, however, that it just is a fortunate year. Scale is an insect that needs 
time to get established. Um, for example, when the little babies hatch out the crawlers in early, 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 early spring, for most of the scale insects, they, some of them hatch all during the year, but, but when that process first starts, they're very vulnerable. So if it rains hard that day, they get washed off, you don't get scale. Because otherwise, they crawl around and poke their noses into the plant and begin, of course, to suck the life out of it and to put on their armor or their cotton or whatever their their form of protection is. So I think it may have been a case of good timing to not let them get established. Let's see what's going on with Mike's dumb cane. Mike, what's up, sir? Well, you were talking about it a while ago, my dumb plant. My, my, <laughs> dumb, plant no, my dumb cane. Yeah. I, that plant that I got was on, in behind the, uh, on a brick wall, uh, behind the antique store, about a, uh, about a six foot long pipe on it, or a root or stem, whatever you want to call it. I took a reciprocating saw and cut it up out of uh, 18 inches, stuff like that, and I planted it, and I socked it to it, and boy, I tell you what, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful plant, not hard to propagate. And actually, that long cane that you're talking about, a um, couple of two-inch pieces or so, those will all root and grow, too. So it's a, it's okay, a, it's a, a wonderful lot. plant. It does need some fertilizer. It does need a soil that drains well. It, can't, it, it, it won't root if it's sitting in wet soil. So you did the right stuff. It's pretty. Well, you saw all the perlite, and uh, also uh, I did I put some uh, veg- vegetable garden uh, fertilizer on it, and it really I tell you what. Matter of fact, I'm still I'm still producing tomatoes. Oh yeah, well good. Me too. I'm happy to say. Hey, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to see it. I love dumb canes, and that's a really it's good for people to hear that you can literally cut off that cane and root the top part or root the cane pieces because it's a very prolific plant. Um, I'm, I'm fond of it for many reasons, but one of which is just because it's such a funny name. It's named for a gardener whose name was Diefenbach, and that, that's just nifty to me. Did y'all hear about this? I, I didn't talk about it last week, and then I, I still haven't seen a story about the sugar um, trihalulose. I love this. This is uh, the University of Queensland's report about stingless bees. Mm-hmm. Now, these are tropical bees, some, some subtropical areas, but pr- primarily, sub-trop- primarily tropical areas. They make less honey, and so that's, you know, than the European bees. So that's why we're not as fond of it necessarily as to cultivate. But this particular bee honey is extremely highly prized. It is, um, it's, it has has cachet, as they say, in part because it has been used for so long in indigenous cultures for medicinal properties, but also because it it is um, it's a powerhouse at converting regular table sugar into this other sugar, which is actually. It's not a component of any other food. It it just happens to be a rare, and and as I say, I want to laugh when I say this, healthy sugar. Now, y'all understand that I am, I am a sugar person. I've waited all my life for an artificial sugar or a natural sugar or something that, that could produce in me the same joy as good old-fashioned cane sugar. But in this case, 
This is not in honey. This is not a major component of any other food. It is produced in the gut of the bees. And it, it is a, they've been talking about this, but they haven't really known, you know, how, how it worked. And now we understand that it actually is the creation of the critter itself. It's uh, more slowly digested. There's not a sudden spike in glucose, blood glucose. And so those are the reasons that they want to continue to work this out. It may turn out that, um, our, our friends, these stingless bees, will have at least as much cachet, <laughs> at very least as much cachet, as their European counterparts. Oh, let's see now. Joe's in Madison this morning on the text line. And, uh, yeah, Joe, you're, you're seeing what a lot of folks are seeing, even on a knockout rose, because knockouts don't get too many problems. But this particular black spot, which is just beginning to appear, starts as a losing of the color in the leaf and a little bit of browning, and then we eventually see the the black spots. I can see one or two in the photograph. It's a water-soggy problem in at this particular case that is now making the rose vulnerable to these other problems. It's just been it's been too wet in in that space. If it were me, I would break all that mulch back and encourage the couple of days of sun that we have here to help dry it out. Do a little pruning as necessary and make sure you pick up the leaves that are affected. If you use a any kind of a, a maybe you have a multi-purpose rose food insecticide fungicide thing, you might you can use that. That's fine. But if not, it's going to recover anyway. So um, you may want to if you've got a whole bunch of these and they all have this same very distinct green midrib, you're probably going to want to. Do a soil test in that area so that you can find out whether or not you've got the, a pH that's okay, or if you you might just need you might just need a different fertilizer depending on what you've been feeding them with. Okay, they'll come back. They'll be all right. <laughs> I promise they'll be all right. And I say that because knockout roses are pretty hard to kill. Um, if you've been with me for a while, you may remember when the church near my house planted a row of them, and they were lovely. They were beautiful. They bloomed all summer, off and on. We all talked about them because they were right there by the street. It's gorgeous. And then the nice man that takes care of the property came in with a chainsaw in the winter and cut them down to nothing. I moaned. I groaned. Because knockout roses don't need that heavy pruning, hardly any rose does, but certainly not knockouts, and because when you do that, it stimulates a whole lot of green leaves and maybe not too many flowers. So that next summer, we watched the knockout roses grow lots and lots of leaves and get to be nice big round plants with a few flowers at the top. And I guess somebody spoke to him or something because he didn't do that with the chainsaw the next year. And they've been fine ever since. So what I'm telling you is they can even recover from being cut down just about, and they are tough plants. But there's a few things that you need to know. They are not as responsive to large amounts of fertilizer. That's why I say if you have a rose product, it's going to have a better balance for them. That's a, a a good thing to think about. I've been thinking about shade this week. Um... Seeing all the leafless trees after the storm is one of the things that always brings me to a greater understanding of how important it is for us in this part of the world to have shade. 
the protection of the shade, the shelter, the cooling, all of the pieces of that puzzle, you know, make so much sense to me. If you don't know whether your shade is, um, in, there, there, there are three different kinds, of course. There's dense, dappled, and high shade. If you don't know which kind you have, give me a call. We'll talk about it. 888 Williams and Brandon on the text line this morning. Um, oh, well, how nice. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> I like when you're a success. This is terrific. Top of the morning, Guard Mama. Two years ago, you told me how to root a sprig off of my mother's gardenia. Now it has exploded. It's a beautiful plant. <laughs> when can I move it? I didn't intend for it to take root so quickly in this spot. Well, I can see that because it's literally in a container made out of a, a spot that's about half the size that it needs to be for that plant. So, yes, it's a good place to root, though, clearly. And that's a lovely, lovely plant. Um, let it get hardened off this winter and do that process. Dig it up and transplant it somewhere between November and February. I'm going to lean towards February. So I would say prepare the soil where it's going to go anytime you want to, but but wait for that particular project until then. That's a nice, nice, nice plant. Glad to hear it. I always appreciate knowing that um, one, of the, one of the things that someone said about me once was that if I didn't know, I would tell you. And if it didn't work, you better tell me. And that's true, because I want to find the way that works. <laughs> no question. What is the difference between angels' trumpet? Angel trumpets and devil's trumpets. Well, they are in the same family, but they're different plants, very, very different plants. They are related to tomatoes and potatoes. They're in the, the Solanaceae family, okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, essentially what it means is that the, the plants themselves are able to produce seed and continue to grow but that there's a variation in this particular family about how edible they are. Some are, some aren't. And in the case of angel trumpets, while they're not edible, they're not poisonous. But in the case of devil's trumpets, they're not only not edible, they are poisonous. So those are the two things. Those are two things you need to know, which is one reason you need to know that angel trumpet is Brugmansia and devil's trumpet is Datura. Okay? They're two different things. Yeah, they both have big leaves that are kind of soft green. Um, they both have trumpet-shaped flowers. But angel trumpet flowers hang down. You have to lay down on the ground to look up into the center of them. On the other hand, datura flowers are held up, and so they the trumpet will face up towards you. So it's important to know the difference. They're both beautiful, beautiful plants and in bloom now, so there's a lot that, that you can... You can appreciate about them. Even if you don't grow them, you can ride around and look at other people's. 888 is the phone number here. Oh, oh my goodness, I love this. I, I, had, I had no idea that I was ever going to want a 3D printer. It just seems kind of far-fetched that I would want this. But now I want it because... I want to see how this works. I don't actually want to own it. I just want to go look. Scientists in the, at the Nanyang Technological University, the tech there in Singapore, have found a way to use sunflower pollen to develop 3D printing ink. Okay? Now, what would be the point of that? Well, it's 
that this particular um, ink that they've derived out of the pollen holds its shape when it's deposited onto a surface, so it is a viable alternative to the inks that are currently used in 3D printing, even the ones in the biomedical field. Those inks are usually soft and delicate, so it can be kind of a challenge, but this is a much stronger material and has a much better scaffold in it. The, you know how, how when, well, I hope you do. If you don't, go look them up. Um, when you look at, at pictures of things taken under a molecular microscope where you can scan, where they scan stuff and show you the cell life, these are the things that they notice. And one is this tremendous scaffolding. So bioprinting can be a challenge because of the material of the inks. It's very, very soft. We're, we're, these are things we're going to talk about you know, tissue regeneration and and things that will allow for cells to adhere, adhere to each other and then grow. These are very important. Think about burn units. Think about things that where people have, have this sort of terrible thing happen that needs to be repaired. And, and it can be, but it's got to have some help. And since there are many kinds of pollen and they do have very distinct shapes and sizes, it really does make sense that these microgel suspensions are going to bloom into a whole lot of other stuff. I think it's really amazing. And I, I don't actually want to own a 3D printer at this moment, but I sure would like to stand next to it and watch this happen. I'm fascinated. What do you think? Let's talk about it. We can talk about sunflowers. We can talk about the protein that helps flowers decide when to bloom. Who knew it was all about that, huh? Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. 
Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. It's that time of deer again. The time to save some bucks at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolden since 1871. All deer products 10% off during our customer appreciation week, Monday, September the 6th through Saturday, September the 11th. 50 pounds of corn, 749. 50 pounds of 13, 13, 13, 1275. 50 pounds of rice bran, 799. And a 350 pound boss butt feeder for only $249.99. It's that time of deer again. Customer appreciation week at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. A new season is the perfect time to change up your look. And luckily, 21 Days of Beauty is happening now at Ulta Beauty. Snag daily beauty steals of 50% off the must-haves from brands like It Cosmetics and Benefit. And discover new gotta-have-it launches from brands like Jaclyn Cosmetics and Tula. Experience the thrill of finding new faves during beauty's biggest event. But hurry, this event ends September 18th. Shop in-store, online, or try curbside pickup today. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Everybody could use a little love opening the door today, I think. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you, Sir Pete. I don't really know that he's a knight, but I'm going to give that to him. Works for me. Welcome in. One of the things that's going on, of course, right now in our world is alligator hunting season. And uh, I'm fascinated. I love the fact that they just landed one almost. I mean, that thing took like, what, six guys to hold? It was 797-pound alligator or something. But here's the deal. If you if you didn't happen to notice or read farther into the story, this alligator actually had had some of his tail missing, so it was actually bigger than that at some point along the way. He had another few, whatever, another foot. I don't know how big. I don't even know, but my goodness, what a thing. 
Um, this this harvest is one of the ones that people worry about. As long as we were trying to bring them back, if you want to hear a conservation success story, study the alligators. And the the good news is that, uh, well, I've been to the alligator festival in South Louisiana, and I encourage you to try all those dishes sometimes, too. No, it doesn't taste like chicken. So, anyway... Oh my goodness! I, I'm I'm uh, I'm hosting a dog. I'm hosting a, a bit of an evacuation thing. You probably know someone is who is if you're not yourself. But but I have a dog that loves me and hasn't seen me in a little while, and it's really funny. I noticed that when I walk into the room because she's really very old and and not particularly sociable, <laughs> so she has her space. And you go in to see her. You go through that part of the house and go to do something else. Well. You, she can tell whether you're going to sit down and play with her or not. She looks at you, and if you're on your way somewhere else, and she knows that, obviously, even if you're just standing there, she puts her head down and goes back to sleep, ignores you. But if you happen to be coming towards her, you don't even have to have a treat. You just might be going to pet her, rub her, or talk to her for a minute. She's right there. She's ready to see you. How does she know that? Well, the Max Planck Institute for the Science of Human History that's a good one. I didn't know about them. Has compared dogs' spontaneous reactions to the intentional and unintentional activities of their humans. And they have found that, in fact, the dogs react differently depending on the set situation because they actually know whether you're acting intentionally or unintentionally trying to fool them with something. You know, um, if, if you're... If you're trying to get the dog to move and go over here, it's different than if you're just going somewhere and the dog might want to come with you. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> any rate, um, this was done with 51 dogs and, and three different conditions, and none of their owners were there. It was just crazy. In the unwilling conditioner, um, they, they were, they'd take the food back, of course. You know, they just and they, don't worry. The, foods are not, the, the dogs are not starving. Don't worry. But anyway, they'd take the food back and then give it to them. And then they they learned quickly, let's put it that way, whether the food was coming in or whether it was going to be withheld. And what they saw, of course, was the wagging of the tail started and stopped. The casting of the eyes cut a little to the side and came back. All the things I see. All the things you see if you've ever lived around a dog. <laughs> you probably have. Speaking of shade, I really am on a thing about shade right now. If you feel like you have not enough of it, or if everything in your shade is getting thin growth or buggy or something's just not right compared to, say, how it was five years ago, it's time to think about those trees and maybe consider thinning them. And by that, I'm saying you're not going to thin out the number of trees necessarily, although you might. But, but if you have a professional service come and thin the top growth of your trees, you can go from pretty dense shade to at least a little bit of dapple. So that you, I'm not saying you're going to be able to grow lawn under there, but you will be able to keep it from becoming a muddy mess, for one thing. And you'll be able to grow some of the native plants that enjoy the shade that in turn help take care of your wildlife that are there. So consider that tree trimming not as the first step to anything, but as an opportunity to do more with your property, with that space, especially if it has gotten less than good for gardening. I think that's an important thing to understand. And really, to just we don't even notice it until it happens. Um, that's why one of my other bits and pieces of, of consistent information to my consulting clients is to twice a year, 
take photographs around your property. Take the same photographs. I don't mean go find something new to shoot. I mean, take the tree. Take the one by the front door. Take, you know, these various looks at your place so that you have a and, – and by the way, then you have to remember to put them all in one folder on your computer. Okay, <laughs> you can't just leave them in the next telephone that you get rid of. <laughs> Move those things so you have them. The point being, if you start to think that tree looks funny, you can look back and see if it still looked that way before or if this is a new problem. That informs you about not only the health of the tree, but also the health of the other plants around it. So I think that's important to understand. There's um, all, there's always some... Yes, we're seeing a lot of these rose bushes that are just not doing so well. And it is a wet spring and a hot, humid, wet summer that that hurts some of them. Now, I'm not bragging, but I am going to tell you to put Caldwell Pink on your list if you want something that's blooming today in my garden in Zone 8, in all the heat, in all the water, in all the humidity. Granted, it's not really great soil there, which is probably why the plant is doing so well. Um, the only other, well, there's a lot of other things in that bed, but the, the other thing that does beautifully well is Claricurtis chrysanthemums, and I ignore them, so they, they just come up every year on their own. This particular one, though, Ken, um, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to cut this thing back, each of those branches, cut each of them back by about half. Um, if you've got roots growing out the bottom, you're going to need to either repot this or plant it in, in soil somewhere. And then I'm going to fertilize it. Um, we still have plenty of time for a rose or two to pop out in the next several weeks before we get to colder conditions. And that plant needs its, needs more leaves to be able to put up some energy for next year. This is, uh, for those of you who have been hearing and listening and talking to me about John in Tallahatchie and the not only the art but also the garden that gets washed away every year. This has been sort of an ongoing saga. I have to tell you, his purple hull peas are beautiful. The photograph today, they're everywhere. They have grown on everything, and he says he can hardly pick up with the the, uh, the picking. So, <laughs> that's wonderful. Congratulations. Fine. That's why we garden. And there's the squash. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Well, I, yes, they are coming in late in in one sense, but they're also coming in early, obviously they're right on time from their point of view, from the squash's point of view, but the plants that lingered and didn't do so well in the spring-summer are the ones that have rebounded now, so it makes sense. Other people just planted squash a month ago, and some of them are beginning to get, they, they probably don't have squash this big, but they're beginning to get squash too. Um, oh, that's wonderful. It did hurt some and not others, I think. I believe that's very true. Very, very true. Um... Yes, I think you have, um, it's either a Diefenbachia or it's a Calathea. I'm going to have to get it. That photo's kind of dark there, Ken, but I'll try. I'm going to look at the leaf a little bit and see if I can figure it out. Um, it's a, yes, that's a Diefenbachia. I can recognize the leaf now that I blew it up and lightened it. <laughs> I know, I know, photographs are hard. And if you take it with a flash, of course, indoors on a plant, you can't see the plant at all. It just turns into a mess. So, But that's a nice plant. It's very lovely. And yes, purple hull peas do grow in, in a, a lot of the summer. Many people have already picked them all, but this is not an unusual thing for there to be more at this time of year. It just happens. 
It's a good thing. There are a couple of things that everybody wants um, to know. That sometimes we have research that doesn't make any sense in that regard, but it does have a certain coherence to it. Um, We think about invasive shrubs. We think about um, tallow trees and and privet, and there, there's other things. There's there's um, tater vine in Florida, and there's, there's there's invasive plants. These are the ones that once they get in, you can't get them out, and they take over the space that other plants need and deserve, particularly natives. So why does that happen? the The question has been. How come that works so well? Penn State's been looking at it because over the years there are more and more invasive plants getting into the Northeast that are shrubs. The one that I think about um, is I was I wrote about Eliagnus at when at one point, and the the editor who was in the Northeast said you have to say exactly which one it is because we've got the ones that have ex- escaped here and are terrible, big you know just run all over everything. So. What they have seen is that the the ones these invasive shrubs that they worry with in the northeast, out in the forest, you know where they just those seeds come up, they get carried by animals, or they blow in, or whatever it is. But they sprout leaves earlier, and they because that's why they've been able to survive there. They sprout their leaves earlier, and they hold them further into the fall. So what that means is that they've cooled the soil underneath them, and that disrupts the native environment, even in the face of global warming, so those plants can't come up. They don't, they don't make it back. The, they did this three-year study um, at Hartley Wood, which is the, the Penn State Arboretum. It's a lovely place. If you ever get a chance to, to go there, you should. But what they saw was there's some photosynthetic advantages early in the spring for that invasive shrub and even some of the natives because it keeps that soil cool but then it doesn't take care of them in the fall because the, the invasive keeps it cool and the next thing you know the invasive has lost its leaves and then the native plant freezes because it has not had the transition it's really something or another I love this uh, this particular image it's like a 60 watt lamp every 10 square feet of the forest is removed by the presence of the invasive shrubs all the way across the growing season. So everything's just tamped down to their benefit, not to the benefit of the plants that are native. Really something. That is a pretty leaf. I can tell you, though, Ken, that it it does need a little bit brighter light than that spot. Oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. Delta Danny is um, sending orchid photos this morning. And I do like, I like your dramatic light. That's very lovely. One of the things that we don't always think about is the power of putting that light source under the flower um, so that you can literally see everything going on in the flower when you shoot it from above. It's really fun to do, something you ought to consider. Um, Oh, you know what else is fun? That Speaking of the angel trumpets, as I was earlier, one of my very best photographs that literally was surprising to my editors who saw my photographs all the time because I'm not that great. But I laid on the ground and took the pictures of the angel trumpets from ground level, and they didn't know what the plant was, even though they grow it. Because you don't do that. You don't think about laying on, on ground level and just admiring the flowers for a while. There's a plant that we all know and, and avoid here big time, coggin grass. But did you know that coggin grass, in a recent survey 
is being sold in 17 states as an ornamental grass. That's terrible. Now, we do have others. that they're not. It's not the only one, but that's the one that jumped out at me because that's a plant that we try so hard to keep out of our world. And um, unfortunately, it's, I mean, it's banned by federal legislation, so how it gets to the garden center is a different question entirely. But it does tell you to watch for that sort of thing. They have found in this particular study um, <laughs> there's more than a thousand invasive plants that they found for sale in nurseries, garden centers, and of course online retailers. A lot of them are banned by the Federal Noxious Weed Act, and then of course each state has its own preferences that it bans. But as pretty as it is, um, the real problem for us as gardeners is that we know that if a plant is sterile and doesn't make seed, it's unlikely to become as invasive. So there are sterile hybrids of coggin grass. Here's the problem. That's not 100%. And they revert, and then the seed spread, and then they get the problem that we have in other places, and we get more of it when it comes back on us. Nothing is 100%, of course, um, and, and sadly, you can't really, you, you can't really say that something is absolutely 100% sterile um, in a plant because it's, that, that, isn't going to be, that isn't going to prove true over time. Let's leave it that way, okay? Well, we are into September. You know, this is Labor Day weekend. Uh, I was laugh. I had to laugh. I heard people in another part of the country, far, far north, talking about this is the end of the grilling season. And I thought, you know, it must be weird to live without at least tailgating in your own driveway and cooking out to watch a football game or a soccer game or whatever you're doing. I don't know. Maybe you're gardening. If I'm gardening and somebody else is doing the cooking on the grill, that's a pretty good day. Think about it. Labor Day or any other day, this is Weekend Gardening. Can propane gas enhance your outdoor experience this season? When it comes to outdoor grilling, there is no better source than propane. But have you thought about a beautiful outdoor fireplace and lighting fueled by propane as well? The perfect setting. Worry-free grilling with propane. A golden propane fire to sit by. And soothing propane lights burning in the background. Impress yourself, friends, and family with propane. Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. 
<laughs> Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Attention. If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. It's back! That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right, school is back and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving your cash. Pay just $3.29 per month on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross or pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4s Plus. Get a free 40-inch TV without pre-purchase. We want your old vehicle, bring it in, and we'll buy it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is the key. Of 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Our team of experts is ready to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. School is back in session, so come get your deal now at Richland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road, call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Richland Mitsubishi. Eclipse stock number 1772, Mitsubishi G4, stock number 1795, 1999, down 3.9% for 84 months a year. Details will approve credit. You know, when we talk about trees in the summertime, there are a couple of problems that develop and, well, the next thing you know, you walk by and it's a problem. One of them, of course, is the limbs that come down in a storm. You look up and you recognize that the next thing you've got is another limb that's likely to come down in the next storm. Okay, that's a professional issue. We're going to talk about, you know, getting someone to come and look and make sure that this the tree can stand itself if it's been damaged. I mean, these are all things that, that most people understand we've got to do. But there's other things that happen in the summertime to younger trees, and we don't – you might lose a limb or two, but you might not. There's just – then you look up one day, and there's 
liking growing on what is a tree maybe less than 10 years old. And you think, well, I thought that was just old trees that got that stuff. Hmm. Indeed, that usually we do see a lichen growth on a tree that is not growing as efficiently and effectively as it could be. But that can also be a young tree. That doesn't have to be, you know, an oldie goldie. So a couple of things that you want to consider in if you discover some of your trees are like that is, first of all, what kind of situation they're in. And by that I mean, is there mulch under the tree that, that keeps grass from growing underneath it? Is there, you know, anything else growing under there that would take away water and nutrients from the tree? And, frankly, is the tree just out in some widely exposed place where the wind and the heat and the sun get to it? And since you don't water it, it kind of has to be out there on its own, and that's where the lichen gets started because the tree is not particularly efficiently growing. I suggest, yes, we can take the lichen off in many cases. Sometimes we do a little pruning. I'm not going to tell you to do that to a tree at this time of the year, though. What I would rather see you do is pull the grass out or the weeds out from underneath it and make yourself a nice mulch bed all the way out to the drip line of that tree. Now, for those of you who've never heard of that, the drip line is where water rainfall falls on the tree and it drips at a certain point. And after that, it doesn't drip any farther because there's no more tree to reach it. That's the drip line, and you want to mulch all the way underneath that. Okay? That is such a pretty thing. I do love, I really do love orchids, and I, I don't grow very many of them, but I always appreciate seeing folks. The the Orchid Society on the Gulf Coast, the Orchid Society over in Louisiana are, are full of wonderful folks, all of whom would love to teach you more about growing orchids. So, um, let's see. Greg and Nettleton is shouting. He's typing in all caps today. <laughs> appreciate you. I know, you just think I need it because I need big print. You know, I realize that. But for those of you who don't know, if you type a text to someone or you type an email to them, it is very much the same as if you type on a typewriter or write hand letter, all capital letters. Usually that's when you're saying, help, or go away, or you know, you're making some kind of exhortation. You're not just commenting and saying good morning, Okay. You might shout good morning, but probably not. I hope that you got some leafy green seeds planted. If, like mine, yours got pretty well washed away in a a good amount of rain. Didn't get as much rain as a lot of people at my place, thank goodness. But I am planting another layer this weekend. Um, Don't forget that... It's come, we're coming right now. It's time to be looking at the garden centers, looking in your seeds yourself to see what you've got. It's time to plant all those greens, and this is really the best time to do that. I want to take – I use the salad table for greens, and I also use containers. I grow a few in the flower bed, but not very many. So mostly what I'm doing is working a fertilizer into a couple of inches of the soil, and then just casting the seeds and pressing them in so that they make good contact. Get a little bit of a cover, maybe. You know, those things like mustard seeds are teeny tiny, so you want to cover them, but you don't want to bury them too deep. All right? So think about that and get your, give yourself a chance to do that. Um, oh, somebody else was um, asking about collecting moonflower seeds. Yes, and it, and it is tricky. I love this conversation, um, the emails that were, were back and forth this week. She said the last time that she did it, she had they were nice and dry, and then she went away overnight or something, and, the, and it rained so hard that every one of them fell off and shattered. Yeah, that can happen. 
So if you can let them get close to brown, the seed pods are beautiful. We would like them to just ripen on the plant, but you can cover them with a bag if it's going to rain, or if they're brown, you can go ahead and pick them. They'll, they're ready. They're, they'll finish. They'll be as ripe as they're going to get if they've already turned brown. You don't have to leave them there until they get drenched. It's okay. Um, there, are also, there are other ones, of course. I was looking across the fence yesterday at some really beautiful um, trumpet vine, orange trumpet vine seed pods that look like they're just about ready to be picked. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. I, I mean, if I start any, I'd have to put them somewhere. And it is a big, very aggressive vine once it gets started. But, oh, my goodness, those flowers are just absolutely beautiful just absolutely gorgeous so the seed pods look like big beans hanging off the vine now if you see them and particularly if you see the seeds swollen up enough that you can make out their image in that pod that's that's really ready to go in the case of trumpet vine so get yourself get yourself started with that you'll be glad that you did um are there two different kinds of chefleras yes there are they're both chefleras um (laughs) <laughs> it's okay, Greg. Don't worry. He, he's, he has a new phone. We've all had that. Why is the all caps on? I don't know, but he fixed it. So he knew he could. There are um, lots and lots of plants that we call tropical foliage plants, and that just means that they come from tropical environments, and we grow them primarily for their leaves. And in the case of Schefflera or umbrella tree, there are two kinds. The, the traditional that you see on the edge, say, of, in an atrium, there's, you know, the big old thing, tree-sized, green-trunked, um, big, round head of flowers that looks like a hand, you know, big palmate flowers. And then there's a smaller one, arboricola, that is the, the flower, the leaves, rather, are, instead of being the size of a serving platter, are the size of a large salad plate. Or smaller and the plant will still get to be large but it's not going to get to be as large and it actually roots much easier so if it gets if you if you end up with a dwarf chefalera and you find that it's getting to be four feet tall and you don't have that much room for it give yourself a chance to take some cuttings because they root easily and you can control the height of that plant very very simply um, let's see Good morning. Corinne in Jackson is on the C Spire text line this morning. She was picking basil, and um, there's a yucky milk-white substance on the stems. What is that? If if it's sticky, it's probably um, mealybugs. If it's not particularly sticky and it's more like a foamy thing, that's spittlebugs. But they're not going to hurt your basil. You, you, you just... Get, don't don't eat that part, but get rid of that part, and, and the rest of it will be fine. Um, <laughs> this is wonderful. This is what happens sometimes. Celery is hard to grow, but the celery that she planted last winter has actually made it this, this far. Um, should she cut it back or just let it keep on producing the, the tasty leaves? There are, there are celeries that are for cutting leaves, and there are celeries that we will then take and grow kind of like we would grow a leek, you know, where we're going to put them down into something and let them be um, covered up with soil to be, be whiter at the base. I'm going to pick the leaves because I like the taste of them better. That's me. Ah, uh, a few moments with that controversial figure. Whoever thought you would say that, but it's true.
And then a few more segments of radio, thank goodness, today with this controversial figure, your garden mama, here on Weekend Gardening. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Today, I'm taking it to the streets to give people the good news. Oh, excuse me. Hi. I'm Flo from Progressive. Did you know? Sorry, who? Flo. You know, I do commercials. Oh, okay. I stream TV and radio. You know, no annoying ads. Okay. Perfect. But did you know Progressive's Name Your Price tool lets you choose options based on your budget? Wait, you're not going to use this in your commercial, are you? Well, we were hoping to. Because I don't really want to contribute to the constant barrage of advertising that adds to the cognitive dissonance, which okay. is in my... Hey, on to our next person. <laughs> Get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the J. Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit AutismSpeaks.org slash employment. Furnished by the Entertainment Industry Foundation. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Local governments across Mississippi are submitting plans for what they'd like to do with the federal money Mississippi is getting as part of the American Rescue Plan. It's water, sewer, broadband, and tourism and some economic development. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman has already received several from Lamar County, Richland, and other areas. Prioritize your projects, how much you're going to spend on them. Make sure you've got your county engineer already done. Make sure you know what your approximate costs are. About $900 million will go directly to cities and counties, but the legislature will decide how to spend the $900 million in the Treasury that came to the state. And after serving Bolivar and Sunflower counties in the House since 2016, Democrat Abe Hudson Jr. has announced he will resign. Hudson served as vice chair of the House Committee on Ports, Harbors, and Airports. A special election will be set to fill the remainder of his term. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. 
What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. Hurricane Ida struck on the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Anthony Wilson, CEO at Mississippi Power, says with each storm, overall response gets even better. I think the infrastructure is better, the technology is better, and frankly, the planning that we go through is much more involved, more detailed than it used to be because we learn from the prior events. There's no doubt that it's getting better, it's getting more robust. And Mississippi has joined a lawsuit seeking to invalidate guidance issued by the Biden administration based on the interpretation of anti-discrimination laws. The lawsuit claims that the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and the Department of Education overreached by using a Supreme Court ruling to justify guidance that, among other outcomes, allows transgender athletes to compete on girls' sports teams. This was specifically outlawed in Mississippi under the Mississippi Fairness Act, which was passed by the legislature and signed into law by Governor Reeves in March. I'm Andy Davis. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Football Saturday has arrived, and here's the way it'll happen. Mississippi State will take on Louisiana Tech this afternoon, 3 o'clock at Davis Wade Stadium. 1 o'clock will be the airtime on the MSU Football Network. 122nd season of football for the Bulldogs, and the second year for Coach Mike Leach. Southern Miss Golden Eagles will be in Mobile to take on South Alabama tonight. 7 o'clock will be the kickoff there. New head coach Will Hall will guide the Golden Eagles this season. And Jackson State will take on Florida A&M Sunday in the Orange Blossom Classic in Miami. Two o'clock kickoff there on ESPN2, the first full year of football for new head coach Deion Sanders. And the Ole Miss Rebels take on Louisville on Monday night. Seven o'clock kickoff there in Atlanta. Five o'clock airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. The 127th season of football for the Rebels and the second year for Coach Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. The Southeastern Conference announced this week the policies for event cancellations in all sports for the 2021-22 athletics year as the SEC continues to monitor developments related to the COVID-19. In the event that the team is unable to begin or complete a regular season conference event due to unavailability of participants due to COVID-19, injuries, or other reasons, that team will have to forfeit that contest and will be assigned a loss in the conference standings. The opposing team that is ready to play will be credited with a win in the standings. Both teams will be deemed to have played and completed the contest for purposes of the conference standings. Now, if both teams are unable to compete due to the unavailability of participants, then both teams shall be deemed to have forfeited the game with a loss assigned to both teams. The commissioner will retain the discretion to declare a no contest for any event if extraordinary circumstances warrant. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in to Weekend Gardening for the first weekend of September. You might be listening live today. I hope you are. Howdy. I hope you're listening to the rebroadcast. Hello, hello. I hope you might be picking up the podcast or, you know, going over to the on-demand to grab the whole business and just put me in your pocket. I appreciate that. However you want to learn about the green world with me, I genuinely enjoy your company as at least as much as I enjoy my own. Heaven knows I'm not that much fun, but you are. Now, what, do we, what in the world can we talk about today? We can talk about a lot of stuff. Whatever's on your garden mind, the Super Talk call line is all yours, 888-808-8637. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Of course, everybody's talking about uh, recovery from Ida. I, I got I to gotta say, I, I, I'm... I knew Ida was going to blast the East Coast. I just certainly, uh, like them, I had no idea how thoroughly it w- they were going to get blasted. They are now understanding, I think, a lot more about severe storms than they ever did before. None of us take any great pride or pleasure in that. But it is good that if we can share the burden, maybe we can also find some of the ways to knit this thing back together a little bit more tremendously, since so many, many people are affected. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have to live underwater, however. There are lots and lots of things we can learn from those who live underwater. I've got a few of those stories for you today. Bits and pieces of information. Michigan State University and the American Institute of Physics have been working on our our underground world and and what in the world we can do. We've also got um, more information about the things that we shouldn't be eating. (laughs) Guess what? There's several things we... I'm sorry that I like so much, based on what I read about them. 
info about uh, what's hidden in those seeds, information about the flower clock, just so much stuff. Your texts and your phone calls. This is a busy, busy time of year for gardeners, and there's much, much, much time for us to talk about it today. So here we go. Uh, Let's see. The good news is Ken reports to us um, they, they got their power back in southwest Mississippi is that right? Southwest. Anyway, um, back on last night, and the the okra has laid down and now has stood back up. I'll tell you the truth: that lodging that that corn does, that okra does, where they just fall right over. The the okra is one of the plants that is more likely to rebound, in my experience. And and when you when you read about those things too, that's one of the things that they talk about is you can plant it in the late summer and it still will make it. <laughs> so it's good to know that the, yours are too. Oh, let's see. Oh, that's beautiful. Donna planted. Donna has um, dogwood trees planted from seedlings. That's beautiful. But they have never bloomed. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to send me a note and tell me what you fertilized them with. And, and if you fertilize them with anything that has a lot of nitrogen in it, that is to say the first number, you know, something, or even if they're even, 13, 13, 13, 888, you use that stuff, stop and get a flowering tree fertilizer and use it. Now, at this particular point in the year, you can still, you're, you're looking for those trees to turn their colors and drop their leaves. So this is this is a point to just enjoy them and enjoy the fall color and make notes about that. But when we get to next spring, you're going to want to fertilize, you want to change what you're doing for them and fertilize them with a flowering tree food. I think you'll have better success because the trees are beautiful. Um, they actually, the good news is that You've done the hard part. <laughs> Dogwoods are very hard to grow from seedlings. <laughs> Congratulations. It's a lovely, lovely set of trees. Really, really nice. One of the questions always is in, in, in growing dogwoods is how to do that because they can be very, very hard to grow. Um, I know people that dig them up routinely from the woods and try to bring them in and set them up and they don't make it and they'll, they'll be at the same time they'll be digging up native hydrangeas or um, Oh, any number of things, sweet shrub, you know, lots of other things that just do fine. But the dogwoods have a lot more trouble in the transplant process as well as in the growing process. So congratulations. I like that. Um, Let's see. Oh, Mabel. Hey, Mabel. What's going on? Mabel's in Jackson. What's happening today, dear? Oh, I want to know, oh, can you use that sand, you know, what's in those sandbags? Mm-hmm. Can you put it in your sand beds or what or is it, should I use it? You can use some of it. Um, i tell you what I would do, though. I would take about a half a cup of it and put it put water on it and just see how long it takes for the water to actually drain through just the sand by itself. Because sometimes the sand for sandbags is very, very soft sand, and it will actually hold more water than other things. So you can use it, but you would just use less of it. Okay. Okay. Just test it and see what see what you got, and then you'll you'll put it to work. Okay. And let me ask you one more question. Sure. Uh, the squash. Can you plant it in pots? It's too late to plant it. It's a little on the late side in central Mississippi to plant it, but you can grow it in pots, yeah. And I'm not going to say don't try it, but I'm just going to say we're on the we're late for it this at this point. But um, I, I you know I'm, I say don't do something immediately. Somebody does it and tells me, and it turned out great. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you to give it a try, but it may not. There may not be time. She lives in Yazoo City, so. 
That's even more north. So I, I don't think it'll make it. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you, ma'am. Excuse me. Um, there's stuff in here today. I have both doors open and the air going and everything, and it's the air is close in here this morning. The good news is that you are here with me, and that makes all the difference in the world. Oh, speaking of what we're not supposed to eat, though, oh, my goodness. Here we go again, y'all. Cutting 20% of your sugar from packaged foods. Now, you, you this may be one of those things you don't even realize it's there because it doesn't say sugar. But, you know, we've talked about many times here all the names for other sweeteners that can be added to things. My main one, my main complaint this week <laughs> is oat milk. I don't drink oat milk. I'm I'm not going to um I'm not going to tell you not to drink oat milk, but I'm going to tell you to read the label because there may be more added sugars in oat milk than there is in that diet coke you didn't want to drink or or some other thing. Anyway, it's it's very sugar heavy, so just be aware of that. Um, let's see. Okay. That all right? I'm going to say yes. We need to switch to a fertilizer for those dogwoods that is low first number and is a granular product that don't feed them anymore this year at all. And then when we get into next spring, use the flowering tree food, but get it in a bag that's a granule that you put underneath the tree and work into the soil. I just want to say that uh, since college football is starting off, I'll just go ahead and say that uh, Mississippi State will kick off with Louisiana Tech at 4 today, and Alabama and Miami will kick off at 3.30 to, uh, today also. Thank you very much. For those of you who, like me, are interested in uh, Games being played all over the country. It's going to be quite a weekend. <laughs> be quite a weekend. Oh my goodness. Oh goodness. Why would my Japanese magnolia be blooming now in South Mississippi? Um, I'm I'm going to say that that it's uh, Polly from Picayune. Guess what? They're blooming in various places, and they have all their leaves on them. Now, what happens is that the plants don't. It's not that the tree has gone crazy. It's not even that the tree thinks it's going to die, and therefore it's trying to put out one last flower, although that does happen sometimes. Um, there's an interesting phenomenon that they talk. They don't talk about plants being fooled, but they talk about foolish plants. And what that means is that there's just a certain piece of growth that happens to them. Sometimes it can be a temperature, sometimes it's not. In the case of Japanese magnolias, I don't think it has anything to do with temperature. I think it's just simply an anomaly in there that the stem starts growing and it produces a flower bud. Now we see this when there's been, you wouldn't see this in a dry summer usually. You'll see it when there's actually enough water for the plant to bloom. And we also have other things that, that go along with it, but we are seeing those blooming. We're seeing quite a few unusual plants. I saw a caria blooming, which usually blooms in February in central Mississippi. It was in bloom in somebody's yard down the street from me. It's like, why is this blooming now? Well, it just is. It just is. Oh, that's lovely. Um, Rhett is, is sending, sending us uh, some really lovely moonflower photo today. 
and it is a fun plant to grow. It, 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 the fact that it only opens at night is part of the joy of it. Um, if you have little children or if you have people that, like me, are easily amused, you might want to plant a clock garden next year, make the plan for it, you plant the morning glories, you plant the moonflowers, and you plant that plant called four o'clock in the, and it, you know, you've got two vines, and in between them, you plant the four o'clocks. So there's something blooming all day and into the night. And it is kind of fascinating. You will look very, very smart to your children the first time you take them out there and say, See, this one only blooms at night. What? Yep, that's right. And then the moth that pollinates it will come by and impress everybody. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, Yes, moonflowers are an ipomea. They are, um, I don't know which one, but you'll see them as of the vining, vining moonflower, and they're related to morning glories. Oh, how fun. Let's see. Um, looking for, this, this particular person is looking for tree suggestions. If you can tell me um, what part of the state you're in that'll help me a little bit but I love that he wants me to text his old man memory that's kind of that we all have that young people have it too I don't know how to tell you this that's why texting is so popular (laughs) absolutely cutting that 20% of sugar out of packaged foods and 40% from beverages could do a tremendous amount towards reducing our population's problems with cardiovascular disease events um, those, of course, are the strokes and the heart attacks and the cardiac arrest. There's, that's not the only things that cause them, of course, but if we can reduce them in several different ways, we will have um, a better opportunity to be healthy and live long and prosper. This is a model that has been um, created by, I love the U.S. National Salt and Sugar Reduction Initiative. I didn't even know we had one, but we do. And we do recognize that I come from sugar farmers, okay? I love that whole world, but I do understand that moderation in everything is very important. Okay, moderation in very import is very important. Oh, okay, New Albany. All right, good. I'll work on your trees in, in my head here now that I know where you are. Hello, New Albany. How y'all doing today? <laughs> oh, fun. Yep, yep, yep. Corinne and Jackson's having the same thing I'm having. The the hydrangeas have put on bright new flowers right in the midst of their other flowers aging out. We've not seen this before, but here it is. Oh, and I see that your your Turk's cap is blooming too. So is mine. I uh, I thought I had lost the Turk's cap, and it just came back this year, roared back. It's beautiful, lovely, lovely plant. Really beautiful plant. One that I like a lot. If you if you have a chance to get the Turk's cap, the Malva viscus, it's another one of those plants in the hibiscus family that's real good for you. You know, it's a fun one to grow because it will come back even as a perennial that you didn't expect sometimes. But there are red-flowered ones and pink-flowered ones, and some of the pink-flowered ones that have very large flowers are the red ones, too, but they're just a particularly beautiful plant and a lovely, lovely flower. Um, oh, okay, good. Let's see. We I did the dog story. I'm still amazed that the dogs actually know what I'm thinking before I'm thinking it. I don't know what to say about that, but it's true, apparently. And if you are, like me, um, still trying to keep the cats out of your flower beds from time to time. Now, it's my neighbor's cats. It's not necessarily mine, but uh, I've got a, a new idea. 
You may or may not like it, <laughs> but I like it. I have taken a, a, a filing cabinet apart, took all the files out of it. The cabinet's being repurposed for tools. But in it, there were the metal frames that you hang folders from, okay? Those are wonderful, very helpful when you have a filing cabinet. But, but, what do you do with them when you don't use the filing cabinet anymore? I'm turning them into covers for plants. They're just sturdy enough because, you know, they're built with two long pieces of wire and then a base that stands up in the filing cabinet. And in this case, it can stand up in my flower bed, in my garden bed, and hold on to either the shade for some broccoli or the uh, the opportunity maybe for some seedlings underneath to have a little bit of protection with either some plastic, some screen, some fiber, fabric, you know, that we would want the bugs not to get in, or just so that I can set them apart and they don't get overwatered when I'm watering the rest of the area. So that they're not going to be for big plants, but I think these are going to be very, very useful, and I'm, I encourage you to find things like that and put them to use um, quite frankly, I had I, saw, I got the inspiration for this because I saw somebody who took one of those old-fashioned clotheslines that's the circular sort. They're on a pole, and then it expands out kind of like an umbrella, but it has all of the arms on it that you can hang clothes on. And they had put it over a young tree, in, you know, stuck it in the ground when they planted the young tree to be able to give the tree some shade and also some protection from stormy weather and stuff. And I thought, well, there's other pieces of metal laying around that I don't, you don't use. I don't, you know, I guess you could even do that with the inside of a, a ruined umbrella. I don't know. I haven't practiced that one yet. But when I took that file, those file drawers out, I said, you know, this is going to be really handy because I don't need to hang the tools in there. I just need the drawers for the tools. And since so few things have really a lot of backup paper. I'm trying not to kill any more trees, you know, by making so much, so many copies. We we copied everything. They said, well, you'll get computers. You won't have to uh, have so much paper use. Well, then we all bought a printer and started printing everything. So I'm trying to undo some of that. I've also found a spot that uh, I'll probably use those protectors, those covers for a little bit of time. I'm going to be putting in some flocks. I've got a couple of other things that I need to move to transplant and just as soon as the weather gets a tiny bit cooler I'll do that. But they're still going to need some protection. So I'll be working on that. Let me see. I don't know where to get Clara Curtis Mums. Let me think about that one. And I'll be thinking about your trees for New Albany. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. 
Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. How did Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation impact rural broadband internet? In January of 2019, Governor Phil Bryant signed a law allowing our state's 25 electrical cooperatives to offer high-speed internet options. Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation lobbied in support of this bill to improve the quality of life for all Mississippians. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have, have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Need furniture or bedding now? The pandemic caused a big slowdown in production and shipping, so the wait can be longer than you'd like. Fortunately, Miss Deli's has preferred status with our vendors, so despite some delays, we actually have a lot in stock and ready to go. Check out what's available now at MissDeli's.com. The selection is growing, so if you don't see what you want, check again. Then order online or come into one of our showrooms. That perfect piece may be in stock and ready to go at Miss Deli's. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
Thank you so much for deciding that weekend gardening needed to be part of your life today. I appreciate it more than I can ever tell you. Thank you so very, very much. Oh, something else that I'm growing that I don't know I don't know how this happened. I ended up in it with a plant in one of my one of my windows um, that that is a night blooming cereus, but it was a baby. And I put it there because I didn't want to put it outside. I don't really think it's going to be a bloom it's not really old enough to bloom yet but i didn't realize that it had literally it's not getting enough light so it has literally gotten thinner leaves and they're longer and what started out as about 18 inches from side to side is now more like three feet but it's only the 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 leaves on it are only about as big around as my thumb because i've got it in too low a light i didn't realize it was growing back there i thought it was just sitting there so Sometimes it pays to listen to yourself and look at your plants every day and see how they're doing. That way you can prevent things like what I've got. Now, the next thing I'm going to do probably will be to take it, put it in an area with slightly more sunlight and a container next to it so that if that leaf needs to lie down and root, it can do that. Someone was talking to me this week about um, a cactus that looked like it had died and then it sprouted. What do I do with it? Can I can I take that? Because the other part's dead, you know. So I'm saying the good news is about most cactus plants is that they, just like this night-blooming cereus, will put out a few roots in the air near that growing point and when that happens then yes you can cut it away from the other from the mother plant and pot it up on its own or actually in the case of in this case you would just be lying it uh, laying it down on the soil surface and letting it root rather than pushing it to force it to root so it's just something else to consider um everybody's talking about there's so many questions. Can I can I move this perennial? Can I can I dig and dig up and divide that one? Um, when can I do this or that or the other thing? I'm going to tell you that if the conditions where you live are pleasant for you to work outside in the middle of the day, it's probably just fine for transplanting um, anything that you want to do in the way of digging up, say, iris or Stokes asters or other perennials. If it's too hot in the middle of the day where you are, give them a break and don't do it yet. Okay? Okay. Jamie in New Orleans, good morning. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. What's going on? Uh, This is Jamie Tate. Uh, Is it too late to cut back knockout roses? No, ma'am. I'm not going to take but about a quarter off of them, but you can do that now. They're going to bloom again around Thanksgiving for you if you do that. All right, then. All right. That's all all I need to know. Thank you, ma'am. Good to hear from you today. See, some things are perfectly normal. Everybody wants their knockout roses to bloom. (laughs) No doubt. Everybody needs that this time. Oh, the flower clock. Now, how in the world? We go through all this. We go through all these machinations. (laughs) I just love this. People will actually... Pray and meditate over their flowers to try to get them to bloom on the right day for an event or for a competition or for any number of reasons. People will adjust their fertilizers 
consistently and, and directly during the growing season, starting with higher nitrogen, lowering those as the flower buds come on and then reducing it to nothing at all until the flowers open. We go through so many things. Well, <laughs> now the NARA Institute of Science and Technology researchers from Japan and China have discovered how this protein, which is a multitasker, it might be why it is affected by so many different things, helps our flowers to develop as we expected. In the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, USA, the researchers have said this little thing, it's called knuckles, it's a KNU, it's a teeny tiny protein, actually helps them to develop, to finish their development correctly and in a timely way. So, for example, um, you may know my story about having the Easter lilies that are ready to bloom and it's a week too soon to take them to market. Okay, maybe they could have popped these in there. As it was, um, my friend turned up the air conditioning a whole lot and held the buds as close as could be done and got them to market. It turned out to be okay. But I'm sure it was very expensive in terms of running all that extra energy to keep them cold. However, it worked. But genetic studies of things like food crops and and how we produce them are dependent on that flower being produced correctly and in a timely fashion. So this can be a very big deal along the way to understand about making, um, say, if if, if there was something that we could go out there and get that plant to bloom so that it then could make that fruit that would be terrific. And they're working on it. They found the multipo- multifunctional protein that does that. I had no idea that there even was such a thing. Hmm. That's what's so much fun about the green world. There are people working on things, looking at stuff all the time. For example, how do we learn anything from fish? Well, we do learn a lot of things from fish. We talk, um, you hear more often probably about studies involving mice when it's wor- working on mammals, or if you're talking about plant research, you often hear about Arabidopsis. We talk about that here all the time because it has the qualities of so many other species of plants. And in the case of mice, they have many of the same properties and, and, and carrier pathways and whatnot that we have for the way metabolism works. Certainly it works differently, but it, it's the same elements. But there's some, for example, that are different. And there are some things that have just evolved so slowly over the years that they're living fossils. They're, because they are so close to, in this case, for example, the if if you think about a genome as the book the story of that creature well until you find all the pieces it's like there's pages missing so you can't read the whole story the good news is that the bowfin who's also called a dogfish that looks looks does look ancient doesn't look like anything modern but they have evolved they just have not evolved as quickly as other things, and for example, in the case of zebrafish, which we study so much for their relationship to processes, it, it has more in common with the last ancestor that was shared by the fish and the humans as opposed to with the angelfish. So, in other words, this is the beginning of a bridge, all right? The idea being that what we're trying to do, this has been three continents, two dozen researchers, and they're working to try and make the model organisms work better. In the case of this, the, the zebrafish, 
um, going to the bowfin, going to the human, is a more staggered and more appropriate way to look at things. The gar, for example, is another example of an air-breathing fish living fossil that we study. But it's because of the, in this case, the thing that causes them to be able to eventually be what is the predecessor of a lung in a human is they're, they're, they have a, a, a gas bladder that is the predecessor of that evolutionarily. So the ancient fish that still do this enable us to understand better how all this develops and therefore what its vulnerabilities are, what its strengths are, how we as human beings can affect it. And frankly, it becomes pertinent to all humanity that, to know more about this fish, which is just kind of maybe not exactly what you would expect to think, but the good news is because they're the Spartans, the Michigan Spartans up there celebrate them so much, they are native to Michigan. And we're, um, along with colleagues at Nickel State University in Louisiana, they got the, bone, the bowfin sequencing going. And the, the good news is that they have gotten unique samples from all over the place and put them together, and this is what they're learning. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, almost all vertebrate creatures that grow paired limbs, you know, arms and legs like us, or the fins that came before them share this common gene. And all the fish that they have uh, studied so far use it, but now we're learning more about the bowfin. So it's a different piece of the puzzle. You've got to have all those parts, it's, or you can't read the whole book. Absolutely got to have all of those pieces of the puzzle. I hope that as you are getting into, uh, maybe get a day off um, over the holiday, maybe you have friends in from out of town already and you're hoping they get their electricity back on so they can go home or maybe like me you kind of wish they'd stay there's 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 lots of different things going on in this world of ours right now and uh, some of it is really all about how you use your time where you put your energy now it's of course the hummingbird migration and i hope that your feeders are full and clean and that you're getting some hits. But uh, I did not know this. Female hummingbirds apparently do not like sexual harassment any more than I do. And that's to say quite a bit. Um, they, they are, they're trying to figure out why, how, this, how some of the females seem to get along just fine, everything's terrific, and some don't. Well, appearing in current biology, they've had an aha moment. <laughs> I love this. The um, the female hummingbirds have just decided they're going to take all this into their own hands. They watched the white neck Jacobin hummingbirds in Panama for this study. The researchers discovered that more than a quarter of the females actually have developed the same brightly colored ornamentation as males. Now, why would they do that? Because they don't like being run into and pecked on by the males. And the males don't do that to other males. They only do that to females. Is that crazy? Who knew? I never knew. I didn't know that about hummingbirds. I mean, I know they bang into each other around my feeder, but I didn't realize what was going on. Let's see. Um, Janine says that she planted a watermelon plant that has a small melon about the size of a cantaloupe. Would it be 
advantageous to trim the vine and slow water it. I wouldn't trim the vine, but um, if you feel like the the melon is not ripe yet and it hasn't had water, then certainly, yes, you should water it. The way you can tell if it's ripe, whether it's small or large, of course, is that the stem that attaches the the melon to the vine begins to brown and begins to um, pull away just a little bit, and you you will see it change its character. It's no longer as firmly attached, and that's the point where you can cut the melon. Okay, okay. Oh, that's really wonderful. Dawn at Hampton Lake. John, that's just beautiful. I'm still holding on to the cloud photo, though. If I can ever find out how to get into that cloud that he took the photo of that was reflected in the water, I just, amazing, amazing. Jim's and Laurel, welcome in, sir. What's up? Good morning, Garden Mama. Howdy. Uh, you were talking about melons just now. I, well, the reason why I called about knockout roses, mm-hmm. he and my aunt and uncle lived up in Jasper County above Sandersville, and there was melons growing wild all over the side of the road. <laughs> These things like a cannonball. Mm-hmm. You couldn't bust them. You couldn't eat them. <laughs> I don't know what they was, and I still don't know what they are. What color were they? Green. you like a watermelon? Okay. We have wild melons that are, I mean, they'd be like, if it's six inches across, there'd be four inches of rind and about two seeds in the center with a little bit of pit. But there, there are wild melons that do that. That's why people spend so much time and energy breeding them to be something we want to eat. <laughs> So, okay. Thank goodness they do. <laughs> There's uh, knockout roses now. Yeah. Uh, these things have grown for years, and uh, at one time they were about 16 foot long, and I had to trim them back. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> That's a big rose. 150-pound <laughs> test line tied to the trellis to a tree, and they were running that test line. Good but goodness. anyhow, they're, uh, they're cut back now, and my dog got a, about three foot, three and a half foot tall. My dog got his leash wrapped around it and stripped every leaf oh, off. Oh, my it. goodness. Don't look good. <laughs> and I got growth coming up beside it. Now, I got some green limbs coming off of this, but about 18 inches, from 18 inches up, it don't, you can break it. So mm-hmm. what can I do with it? I mean, what kind, of, what kind of fertilizer can I put with it and what can I do with it? Because uh, my mother loved these roses. It's just a, a tribute to her, and I like to keep them going. You have fertilized them this year, huh? Uh, I put triple eight on them. Okay, then at this point, just cut the damage off and don't fertilize them right now. They'll be fine. They'll come back. But but bless his heart. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. But I'm serious. The roses are going to be fine. But you don't need to fertilize them now because we don't need to push. We just want them to be able to have a few weeks without any more damage so that they can go into the fall. They'll come back for you next spring in a big way. I promise. Well, I got some wild roses behind my house. That's the prettiest things you ever seen. Yeah, see, he won't wrap up around those. There's too many thorns back there. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> that dog's smart. Come on now. Oh, my goodness. Nope, there ain't nothing easy about it, but that's why we all garden together. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Hey, y'all. Let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. 
put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road, secure your load. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. No Drip Roofing in Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing in Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Spillway Diner, your local neighborhood family diner. Known for serving breakfast all day, Monday through Sunday till 2 p.m. They also serve lunch from 11 to 2 each day, and for a limited time, enjoy 20% off lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays when you tell them you heard it on Super Talk Mississippi. Spillway Diner, where you are greeted with a welcome and a smile. Located on the corner of Spillway and Old Famine. For a full menu and customer reviews, check out Spillway Diner on Facebook. It's time for the kids to head back to school to learn their ABCs and 123s. At Monsto Jackson, we're teaching you the 123s of car buying. One, buy from a dealer you can trust. Two, look for the best selection. Three, get the absolute best deals like these at Monsto Jackson. Now get 0% financing on every new Monsto in stock. That's right, 0% financing, which will save you thousands in interest charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Monsto purchase. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history 100 credit approval is our number one goal bring us your trade we'll give you top dollar for it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us and as always buy with confidence with a 20-year 250,000 mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of jackson school is in session so get to Mazda of jackson where nobody walks away because everybody saves our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 i-55 frontage road north in jackson call 991-2222 today mazdaofjackson.com with approved credit on select models see dealer for details a new season is the perfect time to change up your look. And luckily, 21 Days of Beauty is happening now at Ulta Beauty. Snag daily beauty steals of 50% off the must-haves from brands like It Cosmetics and Benefit. And discover new gotta-have-it launches from brands like Jaclyn Cosmetics and Tula. Experience the thrill of finding new faves during beauty's biggest event. But hurry, this event ends September 18th. Shop in-store, online, or try curbside pickup today. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five pounds of Gulf Shrimp Labor Day Special, only $24.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where customers are game. 
on the text line this morning. She says, did you say now is the time to cut back knockout roses by half or a third? Is that right? If you haven't already done that this summer, I would take a quarter or a third off, not half, unless you have to. If they're damaged um, by, for example, the, 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 the dog getting his leash caught in the plant, then, yeah, you got to take off the damaged part. But the lady, for instance, in New Orleans who said that she wanted just she wanted to know could she cut them back yes you can cut them back by about a quarter or a third i'm not going to fertilize now unless you absolutely have not done that at all maybe ever but certainly if you haven't done it this year you can give them a little bit of fertilizer but it's not really time to do that they will go ahead and put on another set of blooms more than likely um before thanksgiving yes in madison and much of much of zone eight and zone nine both doesn't always happen but it does a lot Jeff's in Oxford. What's going on, sir? What's up today? Hey, Jeff. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, our mother, my mother-in-law sent us a big old box of passion fruit from her uh, vine out in California. And uh, they're, you know, little brown wrinkly things where you bust them open and they're full of uh, seeds and, mm-hmm. and uh, passion mm-hmm. fruit juice. I'm wondering if I, we can plant those uh Along a fence, uh, we got full sun, um, whether they'll grow here, how, what time of year we should do that, and how, how we can go about doing that. I would plant half of them this fall, or a good, you know, a good handful of them this fall, and put the rest in a brown paper bag or something like that to save for the spring. In case we have a rough winter, you can plant again in the springtime. But depending, as long as it's the purple passion flower that's the native species, which they do grow in California. Um, they, but they also grow other ones. So, but as long as it's the one that that is our native too, then I don't see any reason not to enjoy them. I really like um, the whole business. It, it, it's just that there may, she may have a tropical species, and I would find I try to find out, out about that if I can. If you can send me a picture of the flower or the fruit, I might be able to tell you. Mama on air at yahoo.com. That would be my only concern. Well, I think they are the tropical ones. I mean, this is the the fruit. Uh, what part of California does she live in? Uh, south of L.A. Okay. Well, yeah, then it's not going to be hardy here. But you can grow it. You can grow it in containers. You can grow it in a greenhouse. You can. I mean, it'll grow without any problem. But it's going to be subject in Oxford. It's going to be subject to your winters. Uh, it'd be too cold, you think? Yeah. How do you plant it? You bust it open and plant the seeds. Plant the more than I. Most of the time, when you see passion fruit, um, when when you see passion seeds like that, they have been cleaned out of the fruit, and usually all that involves is taking the fruit apart, cleaning the seeds out, and cleaning the chaff off of them. I don't think that there's any kind of special cold or hot or any of that process that they need. I think they just need to be cleaned. Gotcha. How cool is that? You get a whole yeah, box we'll full be. of fruit. That's wonderful. Yeah, stuff is great. I want to grow my own, not depend on the. Well, now we have to build you a greenhouse. You <laughs> 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 will be get you'll yeah. be growing kiwis. We'll get you going to pineapple guavas. We'll get you the whole southern, southern, southern California um, landscape going there. Oh man! All right, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great day. It's fun, but we got we would have to have winter protection. We'd have to have a, a tropical environment for that one. Why not, though? I didn't know this. Um, the, it, it, neuroscientists are telling us that there is a pathway in the human brain we didn't know about before that processes language. 
Now, obviously, we've known that those two things were connected, but we've understood the reason why there's, for example, the reason why there's cochlear implants is because we can convert sound into an electrical signal there and send it to the brain region on the temporal lobe where it gets processed. But it's not really processed in that particular it's it's not it's not done in that way. It is a simpler process, but it has more steps. And so now we now that we understand that, what they've been they now that they actually have direct evidence, it's been a theory for a long time. But like so many things, this one took seven years um, to try and understand and to also to find people that had these situations that could where they could be analyzed. And this is the first time that they've ever covered the areas simultaneously. And they understand the, how sounds transform into words. That's huge. That gives us so much better information than we have had before about the ways that we might be able to assist people who have aphasia, who've lost their ability to speak, or who are, frankly, um, in in some other situation that does not allow those things to be processed. In other words, sometimes it's a matter of speaking. Sometimes it's a matter of understanding. And, and we don't necessarily process them correctly to transform that sound into a meaningful word in our head. So it'd be both either points of that process could really help. We don't understand it, but there's need for more research, of course. This whole business in terms of language mapping in our head um, is very, very difficult to do because each person has it, it's a, it, there's only a certain point, of course, where you can measure it, and then you're, you also have to be in a position to where your brain can be, well, manipulated a little bit, like in surgery and stuff. So that's what they've been doing. You wouldn't just go sign up for this one. This would be a study that you would discover yourself in because there were other things going on. Makes a lot of sense, though. We need to know that stuff. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know... As one who has never celebrated the arrival of the fire ant into our country, and as one who has preached about it for a long time in terms of being the really the, the main thing that keeps our our world from being frankly, we just there's some things that you have to deal with without being a sustainable person, and that is indeed sometimes fire ants. But the more we learn about ants in general, that kind of has the fire ant business has sort of perpetuated the research into ants that was interesting anyway. But my goodness, the things that we know now, we've got atomic scale imaging, and we now get to see that the ants actually use zinc to sharpen up their teeth to make them sharp. Oh no, is that true? Yes, it's true. How can tiny creatures so easily slice, puncture, and sting? I know when I get stung, I, I don't I don't really care how it got how it happened. I want it to go away. But a better question it would certainly be um, how ants and worms and spiders and all these other things have get, do manage to do this. But these are specialized critter tools, and we think about teeth as a tool in this case. They are actually mandibular teeth because they're attached outside of the mouth, and it is indeed. Uh, the funny part of it is, for me, it's 8% of the tooth weight is zinc, and that's what keeps it so sharp. So they're working on, uh, I'm not suggesting that we put zinc in our teeth, but the notion of strength and the notion of how it's measured, and also the hardness, the elasticity, all of these different things 
that zinc contributes to makes a whole lot of sense. It's just one more of the applications of, you know, every element has a good, has a use and has a purpose. And this is a really important one because otherwise, well, they, they wouldn't be able to build their amazing underground colonies. They got to be able to dig tunnels and they've, they've got to have um, all of the intellectual knowledge, all of the branding, so to speak. You know, this is my camp, this is your camp, all of those things. They're all in the ant world. Think about it. It's going on on small scale. We probably ought to put it together on a big scale, too. So you don't necessarily need to sharpen your teeth, but you do need to learn how to get along with all your neighbors and come back here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hello, Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to GetYourShotMS.org. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.